with Jesus, walking the mile, walking the mile. Yo, we are live on Beat People Podcast episode 4-2. That is a 40 ounce and two ounces of something else. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show. I got uh, my guys here, the usual suspects, D Still. What's going on, brother? Yeah, man, I'm chilling, man. Just happy to be back home, you know. Word. Excited. excited. That uh, your your room is dark enough to look like where they do the uh drop squad. Yeah. <laughs> where they take the drop squad. It's my and- mood. It's my mood lighting, man. Like when I make music, I just gotta you know keep it keep it uh chill. My Word. wife, my wife be coming in here turning on all the lights, ruining my ruining my chi, <laughs> messing up the big mood. Yep. Word. Hey yo, what's going on, Kenneth? I am uh currently. You are. I am currently just being amazing at every step of the day. Keep uh, telling yourself that. That's just <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to speak. I'm trying to speak my positivity into actions for 2019, man. <laughs> I'm out here just telling myself how great I am. <laughs> you, you is smart. You, you is, is beautiful. <laughs> you are worth something. That's right. <laughs> Word. What's good, man? We're, we're ready to get it in. We got we got quite a lot we're gonna cover today, huh? Word. I, 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 yeah. I have to bust out the executive chair for this joint. Oh, I see, man. You you got like a presidential no, no. chair in, in the spot. Hey, happy new year to everybody, man. Happy this is a, a new year, and we talk about new things. Uh, you know, no matter what happens with with what we make that circle around the sun. Things stay the same. A lot of things stay the same. A lot of people make a bunch of promises to themselves. And I don't give a damn about none of that. I just want to enjoy life <laughs> and stay focused. That's it. So so what y'all got on the agenda for this year? Let's let's start it with like, do do y'all do New Year's resolutions or anything? I don't really do them. I yeah. do. Uh, I, I do. And I did. Um, this is one of the only years. This is one of like maybe three years where I'm actually trying to take them seriously, though. Um and uh, my wife actually came up with a good idea and she made us actually write them down mm. and then, and then kind of put them aside so that it wasn't just saying them and then it falls away. You know, we're actually, we have goals that we, it's more, it's more goals than just resolutions. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's what's up. Um, <laughs> uh, I could respect that actually. Any kind of plan that you have deserves to be, written down and visualized because I honestly feel like when you do that, it makes it real. Soon as it hits the paper, it makes it real. And, and honestly, that, that, that power of putting the words down physically from your brain to your hand to paper and writing them down, it really makes it real. You've just made a physical manifestation of, of your plans. And I always believe that once you do that, you're accountable to it even unconsciously. So that's pretty dope. I remember that one time Ken said he wasn't getting any more gear. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. That must have been some other dead sexy individual. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> so so hey, I want to jump in because I got a comment over here uh by Rossi. Some guy posted a video speculating that Akai is discontinuing the production of the MPC X. Yeah, we got plenty of thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I call bullshit. <laughs> I got called um, clickbait. Okay, yeah. so, so my question, my question is, 
what formula did he use to come to that conclusion? Yeah, I have no idea. I should have watched the video to kind of see what what his thought process was, but it just doesn't make sense. Is it because there's some leaked footage or some leaked pictures of a new product that you think this is going to be discontinued? It doesn't so, make sense. So I think the I think the video in question is from Sample Kings. Now, before we go down this path, I want to say just some minor minor caveat about this, right? Mm -hmm. Sample King's been in the game a long time. Certainly. Yeah. And I fully respect Sample Kings. Because Big time. No, without a doubt. Back when I was first getting into digital recording and whatnot, like watching their Roland VS1680 uh, stuff. And, and so, like, I have a lot of respect for the dudes. But Ditto. basically from what I'm understanding, and I haven't watched the whole video, it, the title is that Akai NPCX is not discontinued yet, exclamation mark, right? Mm -hmm. And well, yeah, everything has a shelf life, but sure, this ain't now. Sure. And I think that the, some of the points that were made were talking about like the the secondhand market for um for MPCX has been um there's been a lot more secondhand units coming up and that sort of thing, right? And I can remember back in the day, like uh, Joe from SoundsAndGear.com, we used to kind of always talk about like oh like we would follow the secondhand market and you could kind of see different trends that were happening. So I can kind of sort of understand that. But at the same time, you look at the X and um, the updates that have been coming for it. And um, essentially the way the market is set up, secondhand market isn't really accurate for, for the, the X as a product, in my opinion, uh, especially when you consider some of the early teething problems that it had um, when uh, there, there were some freezing issues and uh, different things of that nature. A lot of bad which, streams, yeah. Yeah, which for the most part, from what I understand, for the most part, I haven't seen nearly as many people complaining about that now. I never experienced any of that problem with my MPC Live. Um, and there was a lot of people complaining about that on the live as well. So I think that most of those problems seem to be fixed, uh, whether they were manufacturing or software related, I'm not sure. But that stuff seems to be resolved. But that sort of problem can cause the secondhand market to get a little squirrely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's not really a good indicator. Well, we, we also saw some stupidity happening with the OP1 recently. Yeah. Yeah. See, that that's the thing when it's like it's like uh, when animals attack, when rumors go wild. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is one of those things where you know somebody says something that could be indicative to some sort of stoppage of production and then the internet goes wild so what you're speaking of is is uh when the op one somebody said the op one was stopping production but i think the idea was was the manufacturer said uh they're pausing production because parts were no longer available and they're trying to source new parts which may cause them to upgrade and make a new version, or maybe they'll just get new parts and make the same thing over. The internet ran wild. I swear to God, how much was Op Ones going for? Op Ones were going oh, for what? Four thousand dollars, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars. Yeah, they were the well market. two grand for like a day, and then everybody was like, "Wait, that doesn't make any sense." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, well, it, it was a few days. Quick. Um, so there's actually an official Akai response on that video that was posted a day ago. Oh, was it? I didn't um, know that. So I'm going to read it off for you. And it says, we'd just like to take a moment to clarify that the MPCX is not being discontinued. We would like to reassure, reassure all viewers that this product is being supported for the foreseeable future with an exciting roadmap of updates. 
Now I can just say as somebody who's, you know, on the outside looking in on, on that product, um, so I have a little bit more freedom to talk than some people. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say this. It would make no sense for them to stop updating the, the MPC X at this point, just from the sheer fact that the MPC live is doing very well. Mm -hmm. um, and they share the same internals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's more buttons and a bigger screen on the X, but for the vast majority of it, the computer is the same. Like it's mm -hmm. the same internals. It would, it, it would make no sense for them to stop that. You know? also, also, Ken, it's one of those situations where they put out an overspec product. Mm -hmm. so, so that they could develop the, hard, the software to extend the life. Exactly. So remember, the Bluetooth capabilities of the MPC-X and Live still haven't been fully utilized. Mm-hmm. You can you can do some cool stuff with it, but we haven't. They haven't even introduced audio over Bluetooth. They haven't introduced any of these other concepts that you can Dabling do over Wi-Fi. Like exactly, there's so much stuff that you could do, and they have room to develop. Yeah, like I, there, there's a there's a lot of room for it. The only thing about that platform that is odd to me that that I'm I'm finding I'm still kind of like, what's going on with that? Is so uh, there's a Facebook group. Uh, that's all about MPCX and live hacking that I'm a member of. And there's some good information in there. A lot of, uh, a lot of tech nerds in there, like kind of disassembling units and inspecting them and that sort of thing. And essentially the, the live and the X, they run on uh, a computer that's on a single board, right? Think like mm -hmm. raspberry Pi type thing, but mm -hmm. it's not a raspberry Pi. It's, it's called a SOM. It's a rock SOM or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So the exact model board though there was originally two versions manufactured. There was a um, a two gig RAM version, which is what is in the product. But there was a four gig version that was manufactured as well. Four gigs of RAM. And no one can get it. It's out of print. No one can find them anywhere. Nobody's found any, um, any old stock of them. Anything like that. And I'm just like, man. Now, we can hope that in the future they'll bring like like disc streaming which would be mm -hmm. you know alleviate a lot of the um the problems but uh it, it would still be cool to have four gigs ram in it that's like my only sticking point with it at all that and the only other thing that i honestly would have liked to have really really seen on these products is adat everything else uh, on of course is is, is perfectly spec <laughs> it's great that's a huge thing that i, I thought when you uh, and I've always said it, when when you bring out a flagship like this, why wouldn't you have ADAT out? Uh, well, I mean, the MPC five thousand had it. I can understand if there's financial situations or you know it may mess with the cost, but I just kind of feel like you know so many people out here with Apollos and other interfaces that have ADAT in and out. It for me that was a big feature. Wait, um, the MPC five thousand had ADAT? Yeah. Oh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it did. Well, what was it, it used for? Just if you don't mind me asking. Uh, eight outs. So that was the eight outs. For yeah, that was the eight outs. Um, yeah, basically. So I would run that directly to. At that point, I had an RMA, a RME Fireface four hundred, and it, it, you know, eventually I got Apollo eight as well, and I think I was using it at that point too. But yeah, that was it. Made it so easy to just run that one cable. To me, it was brilliant. Yeah, but I could understand their thinking because they're like, well, now we have a hybrid machine. 
where you you're can already in the computer right? where you can you know put it in, in controller mode and now the same session you have here opens up in the software yeah, and, and that's true to an extent but more um the the main use case that i see with that is so say you bring your mpcx to a friend's studio or mm -hmm. to a session Wait, that doesn't have mpc software or doesn't even run on software it could be you know a tape-based studio whatever you're doing right and i know that that's very niche but you know but whatever situation where you're traveling to a different situation <laughs> say you came over to my lab and you wanted to sample some of my gear all you would have to do is plug your ADAT cables into my interface and everything is still plugged up. Like I don't have to mess with my, mm -hmm. with, with any of that connection. And that on that level, it's dope. And the fact that you could expand inputs and outputs that way would be dope. I'm not saying that it's a make or break type thing. I'm just saying that that's yeah. one, the, the minor sticking point that I was like, man, I really wish it had that, you know? No, I feel you. And, and I think because of the, the majority use case is, more mixing engineers are using ADAT rather than producers in the definition of what a lot of these companies define what producers are. Um, that's not a necessary need versus like the software. I and I, I don't fully know that I agree with it. I feel like that's a perception thing maybe. And that's kind of what you're getting at. But at yeah, that's moment, what I'm saying. Like, I think it might be a perception. Now, <laughs> Would you know something? A lot more people going out and getting things like uh, older Motus and mm -hmm. uh, the Behringer oh, 88,000 and that sort of, of thing, course. just to expand inputs on their devices and that sort of thing. So I'm starting to see a lot. ADAT seems to be, Going well, really hardware, strong the producers yeah. well, because hardware, now. because like synths and all that other stuff is becoming more of a common. Um, uh, yeah, they're definitely selling more than drum machines to sample. Yeah, they're they're selling more. So yeah. now recording <laughs> audio is important when that wasn't necessarily the case when machine came out. You know, it, so so you know something else that we got to consider when we talk about that kind of stuff is, and I learned this from my good buddy uh, Glenn Darcy. Um, when they design these things, they think of like the thought is the eighty yeah. percent. What are eighty? What are the most common eighty percent sort of? You know, what are the, the features that people are going to use eighty percent of the time, most of the time? And those are the things that they make sure in the devices or in the products that they're putting out. Beyond that, there may be you know us that may want CV or somebody that may want ADAT, somebody that may want extra out, somebody that may want you know blah 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 all these different things. But th that's the twenty percent, so it's the minority of people, and so those all those things raise the cost enough that it's not it doesn't provide enough value for the vast majority of people for them to put it in so that's one of the things I always keep in mind when it comes down to that even though as a consumer and a user of these products i sometimes are like ah forget that i want that <laughs> on there you know what i mean no no I, I feel you and and that's why i always tell people i'm like well if the product has the majority of the features that you want i still think it's worth investing in certainly because we because most yeah. guys that buy mpcs well, I, let me not say most. A lot of the guys that I know have NPCs pretty much have spent money on an interface, too. Mm -hmm. This is true. And they've spent money on other things that they can all work together. So there's ways of working around stuff. And I understand everybody wants the, the one machine that does it all. Everybody says they want the one machine. And, you know, 
that's what people say, but they don't want that. Yo, come on. People want mad, powerful, this or that, but it, it's not gonna play. they still want the next thing that's mad powerful. I want <laughs> I don't want the, the one machine in the sense of like, oh, I want all this to be one. I do want the mode one, the though, one but... centerpiece. Well, you know, one centerpiece. That makes sense. Like, I want the one centerpiece that can be the hub of all my gear and more than likely the hub of the audio as well as the MIDI. You, know, you understand you. what I'm saying? I feel you. I think with my style of production, I don't want that because depending on what my centerpiece is, the style of music changes. Like, for instance, this is true. If the MPC is my centerpiece, I know my workflow on that. But if I put the Digitac as my centerpiece, which can still run all my MIDI, and sample and do all that stuff i feel like my music comes out different and that's great i like the fact that different pieces of gear give me different workflows that cause me to have a different result in how i make my music um that's just important to me mm -hmm. the, the end all be all like centerpiece is is great and it would be awesome to have but i don't know if i would want that to be the thing that creates my music i think i would want that to be my interface to be the end-all be-all interface yeah I feel not that. necessarily the sampler that i use well or... for me that 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 one piece as long as it can interface io out to other one pieces yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets back to that whole like yeah i get i get the whole feature creep thing and then and then of course you know when we talk about adat like just to be clear like from a design perspective it it you have to understand that a lot of times they're using certain um, uh, ADDAC type chips that yeah. have a certain amount of inputs and outputs. So they have to be smart about what they're using and what they're not using on those chips. So and then adding an extra one can be a significant cost like that chip might only be, let's say, five to fifteen dollars or something, depending on how, how good the DAC is. But that can be a lot on on to the user like you could multiply that by like you know five to ten times to the user at the end of the product and you know it can add up really quickly it can <coughs> add up really quickly and then <coughs> excuse me there's some things like for instance the deep mind 12. i think ken we told them in the beginning when they were doing it when we you know start making contact with behringer like yo y'all need inputs on that joint yeah because the, the, the effects the, the the effects are so incredible you know what I mean? It just kind of made sense that like, damn, if you got all those effects and it would be dope to be able to process other things through it. But it's just, you know, the price point was so aggressive for what this thing is, a 12 voice analog joint. The price point was just mad aggressive. You couldn't do that. Well, um, they should just put out the effects. As that's a, true. As they a, could do that as a box itself. As a guitar pedal. Yeah. Um, that's so in a way <laughs> they kind of already do that. Um, like not necessarily specifically that, but in a way they kind of do. Um, because if you look at, if you look at their history, so there's Behringer has its own rack effects units. Clark Technics has its own rack effects units. Clark Technics are some of the effects that are in there. And then, um, who's the other guys? Let me pull mine out. Uh, uh TC electronics. Mm -hmm. um, they have, uh, their effects in there. So, and they've got their own standalone effects. Um, so they kind of sort of have that. But I, I would love to see, like, what I really liked is that you could do the sequencer and the control sequencer and all that kind of combined along with the filters, the mm -hmm. analog filters, 
and the effects. So it's like, yeah, having inputs. And and I think they kind of wanted that too, but it just wasn't really meant to be for that product. Yeah. Yo. So, um, <clears throat> you know, what I realized, man, is we, we haven't really chatted about MPC 2.3. Um, who's, who's used MPC 2.3 so far? What do you think about? It? So this is. Let me get this right though. MPC two point three, and I'll bring it up. But I believe this is the introduction of plugins on the MPC units, and especially the big deal about that is that the standalone. Let me let me see. What what do you think about the plugins on there so far, D? Uh, they're all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I expected. Uh, people to say about them when they when they first came out. Um. Like like they I like, like tube. Yeah, tube is like the best sounding one to me. Mm -hmm. Um, the ARPs, yeah, somebody just mentioned the ARPs is a really good feature for me. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh the auto sampling. Auto sampling is dope. It's dope. Is it limited for you? It's well, I'll let Ken speak on this more because he's the expert. But um, Ken, the expert, Ken don't know nothing. Oh, trust me, we've heard. <laughs> <laughs> we've heard. Uh, we've heard his gripes. Um, yes, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we've heard his gripes. My only, my only concern with this kind of stuff is that I'm spoiled by iOS plugins. Right. When it comes to functionality and like kind of how how fluid some of these uh, iOS plugins are. Mm -hmm. When I looked at the MPC plugins, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I got Model 15 on my iPad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I got, you know, Animog on right. my iPad, which which is dope because I just hook up my iPad via Bluetooth. To the that's MPC. true. <laughs> that's that's true, and that's a that's a specific use case, and I I totally dig that, and I know that there's some amazing stuff on iOS um, that you know for the amount of money that you pay for it is incredible. But I do think that <clears throat> Ken, you mentioned something a couple nights ago on Marco Polo that I think people need to realize. Uh, for many years, especially after Machine came out. The Kai got dogged out there in, in the beat making game. They got dogged. Like yeah. they, you know, people's like, y'all gave up your, your position and didn't stay in tune with the market and all of this. And, and I have to say, when you look at the products, and this is to the point that Ken made the other night, when you look at the products that's out there, this MPCX and this MPC Live, the touchscreen stuff, the MPC Live with a battery, uh, now with them, with the latest software, the fact that it's hybrid and standalone mode, now with the latest yeah. software, you get these plugins that work in standalone, air tube, synth, baseline, and electric. Uh, you get all of this stuff that you could throw in there. And then you got these Q-links. So you got auto sampler. You got crossfade loop with the new upgrade and, and you know, all these different things. It's a pretty damn amazing product. Now, with the XY effects also, with the algorithms, you got tape stop, ring mod, and wave folder. Yo, bruh, this is an incredible yeah, it's, product it's, line. It's super dope. It's super dope. So those are the things that I do like about MPC 2.3. They added a lot of little features that enhance productivity on it. There are some cons, though. Mm -hmm. um, me and Ken talk about this probably once a week. The envelopes 
on machine. I mean, on NPC. Somebody over there needs to. Um, oh yeah, the envelopes. I'm are trying sad. to like, hold my tongue because I don't want to talk over top of you. No, no, like <laughs> touching on stuff that's got me itching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, just just little things that when it comes to um, making beats are very important. Um, another section that I think they probably could improve on is drum layering. Like I like the way you know I like what you can do. But I think it could be thought out way better. Like you can only offset position, but it will be nice to have more different features like round robin within that and just mm -hmm. do a bunch of things that kind of bring more life into your stuff. And the biggest thing I think my gripe that I, that made me sad was I didn't see a mod matrix. Yeah, that's crazy that it's not there. I think that's a big missing point. When you think about something like a mod matrix, especially Listen, I forgot one thing. CV, that's huge in a in a in a sampling sort of format like yeah. that with the big sort of uh comeback with with as big as Eurorack is and with all these analog synths that are coming out. So the, the idea of having stuff like a CV uh gates and then not having a mod matrix. When I look at DeepMind, yo, I look, I just think like this is pretty brilliant that <laughs> they were able to do this mod matrix and make it simple, so simple but very powerful that's they, that's they did give us they did give us those new arpeggiation features yeah humanized features so that you can apply that to the cv and gate which is really cool because it kind of gives you more more uh usability out, out of the cv and gate out of the npc yeah i love that yo so as far as the the auto sampling. I want to touch on that first because that's that's ah! been my world for a while. Now, right? That's been my world for a, a good long while. <sighs> the auto sampling in it is awesome for a couple of different things. One, it's really great for guys that are going to be on the road or they want to take they want to take the sound of some of their gear, take it on them, and, and like for the live, the NPC live, it's dope for that. It's not good <laughs> is the best that, that I can say quality wise. So, <clears throat> but it's passable for home use. You see what I'm saying? So like, if you're just making beats, like it, it's cool, but you have to do certain things in order to get around the rough edges. Like for instance, the looping in it is not good. Um, the loop detection in it is not good. Um, the editing after the fact is fairly trash. Um, and that's the looping it, sucks, well, <laughs> quite frankly. I would rather have it this way than not have it at all. This so, is true. like, it's 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 dope for the fact that people now have access to that. However, instrument producers and sample pack creators like myself and like Steel and like yourself, for us, it's not that useful. It's it's yeah. if you're seeing sample packs that are being created with it. For the most part, you can spot them pretty easily because mm -hmm. you can hear the loop points, you can hear the artifacts, like you can see certain problems with it, right? And it's not efficient time-wise um, because of those problems. It does certain things time-wise that are actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to like trying to really produce like a quality product with it, it kind of falls down in that essence so because of that the pro user is still gonna go for other outside techniques you know and, and i'm like i just did um 
I just re released two separate packs and I did not use the auto sampler in the MPC for that at all. And the problem with that is, is that the auto sampler inside of the MPC is the only way to get proper velocity layering working in the MPC currently. And the problem is, is that like, so you're stuck with, okay, I can get dope velocity layers with crappy loop points uh, and pretty much no editing or I can just do a really good single uh, velocity layer and then use tricks, um, you know, other synthesis tricks to emulate that velocity layering and that sort of thing. And that's kind of the route that I've chose because I would much rather work with a quality set of samples and then work around that. And then on top of that, you still have to deal with the horrible envelopes of the MV MPC. Like the MPC envelopes are like bar none the worst envelopes for creating instruments that i've used in any software period word um somebody just mentioned works okay with one shots yeah you know what like you can hook up uh you know let's say you can hook up a motif or cork triton or something and sample the drum kits auto sample that uh, yeah so one shots is like but, that's but i think it works pretty well with just without using looping one shots are in the, the lowest the common denominator Mm -hmm. yeah. One shots, you're picking the lowest common denominator. Like you're saying, like that's low hanging fruit. Of course, one shots work. Yeah, of course. You're not having to deal with any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. So that's that's like that's the easy thing. But it's um, you know, and, and again, like I'm not I'm not angry at it by any means because I'm like, yo, it's a like, step in the right direction. It is great for for the end user. Like it's really great. It's just that you know, it it shows a lot of holes as far as what it needs to be in order to really work well and the fact that they need to open up the platform to the third party producers a little bit more mm -hmm. so that we can interact with it a little bit easier on the back end so that we can create better products for people you know i think mm -hmm. it's a step in the right direction though ken because the yeah for sure the right and the plugins i disagree with you on the plugins i think the plugins for the most part sound great i'm not a big fan of the bass one but i like the tube one and i like the ep one i've i've been messing with that thing and creating some really cool sounds with it they're based on old old uh vsts but that don't matter to me is if it sounds good it sounds no, no, good. I, I feel you i think for me it's like i spend a lot of time and i know you do and i'm not just dis discounting your your ears but i spend a lot of time with real electric pianos you know what i'm saying like, well you know i got my roads too so. exactly that's why i'm saying i had a roads that's what it's i'm saying so much that it's more the fact that like i like how much control it has it's it's almost like piano tech you know what i mean like where you can <laughs> kind of get in and you can really kind of manipulate it it's not so much for me about trying to like oh here's my roads let me emulate exactly how my road sounds to me it's more about like let me make a really cool sound on it and awesome. how will that lay in a mix and it i've been making some really fun stuff with it so here's here's another gripe that I have, man, and I think this is why I don't like the plugins much, because I'm I'm sampling into the MPC most of the time already my chord progressions and lead sounds and guitar and bass, all, I'm sampling that all in. I'm not necessarily performing all of it on the MPC, like sequencing that kind of stuff on the MPC on the MPC. You're using like chops. Yeah, yeah, but I'm playing chords in from all my other instruments. Mm -hmm. My gripe, well, it's not a gripe, it's just an inconvenience for me. I got spoiled by machine, the fact that on one pad, it's a sampler, a full-fledged sampler. And I can load a plugin onto a pad. And let's say I can I can load my favorite Rhodes plugin onto a pad and literally play the Rhodes on that one pad. 
And to me, I don't feel like I can get that creative with the 16 pad paradigm mm -hmm. in uh, MPC. I can, I just have to push myself to, but it's just, I'm like, it's slow for me. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, that's a, that's a, that's a way of doing things where we would do that sort of stuff we didn't we didn't have options you got, oh, of course, you got of many course. options now so it it almost like because i mean there's a certain sound that comes from using the notes that are laid out on those 16 pads right but um it's it's kind of like now you have so many different options it it's probably easier to just go ahead and do something else because when you throw a note on 16 pads you have that but it just is what it is and so then if you want more notes and different you always I always find that i'm missing a particular note <laughs> just expand that that 16 that 16 levels into an 88 key velocity mode like or 88 key note mode you know like they could easily give it give it that other layer but at the same time like you you mentioned like how how easy it is to do that on machine on the flip side of that it's like so now we can create these auto sam samples and we can share them and this, that, and the third. Super easy on the MPC, yet the the machine, it's the exact opposite. Like I create libraries the same for machine and it takes me ages because their file structuring is so horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think still for me is, okay, so this is what I always wanted to do. I'm like, oh man, I want to assign a MIDI channel to that pad so I can play it for my controller as whatever, you know as as a yeah. keyboard part and i can't yeah. do that it's stupid yeah, yeah i totally agree like well, and, you know what i think part of that is it because you know i think there's this weird balance that a contrast <laughs> to strike but well and i don't know if it's a weird balance but i do think there's this thought of the uh you know the core fans or the core customer that's used to doing things with the old paradigm. And now that there's all this different technologies out there, I think it becomes harder for them to break free from that and see the value in the way stuff mm. are done in newer ways. Yeah. You know I mean? That's a hundred percent their own fault. Because yeah, like, I'm like, that's their own fault, man. Cause, <laughs> cause like, cause, cause Corey, think about this. Think about guys like us creating the kits. Yeah. Yep. We want you to, we want to have a kick snare, hi-hat, two sets of that bass sounds and then we want to put like a synth on pad scene yep. word where word. we want you to be, we want you to be able to create a whole entire whole composition with what you give on the kit that's one, true one joint <clears throat> now if playing chords is hard off of one pad it defeats the purpose of designing that sound for that pad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it so for me i'm just like <laughs> right right the npc sequencer like the way that the sequencer works too is just kind of like the whole the 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 track mentality versus the kind of um the pattern mentality of ableton live and machine like it's it's very different between the two in my opinion as far as like how i'm laying things out so and, and also if you so if you use the same samples for one set and then you try to put it on on a different group right and alter those samples things can get really goofy on it and, and that kind of drives me nuts because i wanted to do um when i was creating my most recent pack i wanted to do a few different presets using the same uh multi samples right but then you know freak how i do my envelopes, my filters, my effects, that kind of thing. And what I found is that if you create beats like that, 
and then you try to load um, two two uh, different key groups that use the same samples on there, it'll start to act up. So I just had to pull back from that and say, you know what, every everything's gonna have to be a separate separate set. Yo, I can't. Yo, you know what breaks my workflow? I'm making a dope ass beat, and then I gotta go to another. I gotta create an instrument. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there, there's that that breaking of the creativity where you now go to gotta get into your utility bag and, and create a keyboard. Like, I gotta, I gotta scroll. Okay, sequence, same sequence, same track, uh, instrument. I'm like, come on, man! Like this is too long. Yeah, like, it's, it's taking, true. It's taking, but then there's a lot of things that I do love about the MPC software, where the multiple mixing stages. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's actually something. Add mixer and program mixer, then to the overall mixer. Yeah, I love that because um, as a guy that mixes a lot, you can really have ultimate control of your gain staging. You can have control of a lot of things that way. Let me tell you what I love about that is that I, I make different choices in the production. You may want a certain couple of effects on the program, and that's fine. But then when you're using, if you got this joint for, say, you got a couple different kicks or a couple different snares, you may want a specific effect on the pad and a specific level on that pad where you want the whole program to be, you know, you don't want to just have those global effects over the whole program. Yeah. It, it, even if you do want that, you may want to still do something very specific to a pad. And mm-hmm. the flexibility that that provides is real dope. Yeah, yeah, it's really, so it, it's, so I definitely feel like, mixing your beat within the MPC mm-hmm. is much more enjoyable to me. Well, not more enjoyable, but I can make a better mix mm-hmm. based on that than I could do in, well, I don't know if I can because a machine, I'll just do it in my computer with all my plugins and I'm straight. But- well, I use the X in hybrid mode. So then I'm on that page right there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I have all my plugins available to me. I just, well, see, let me also say, too, I've always said that I use the MPCX in hybrid mode. A lot of people haven't understood why I do that because I have a lot of synths mm-hmm. and I have the flexibility in hybrid mode to bring my plugins together, my synths together, my modular together, all controlled by the MPC. Well, app. I was just about to bring that up. Do you ever feel limited by the four port MIDI? set up in the I do I feel limited big time by that that drives me nuts so so it's like you have to you got uh literally a room full of synths and drum machines like and honestly listen I may have big synths but it's more common than not that people have a table full of tabletop synths and drum machines and little devices that are USB uh MIDI over USB and to have to go into uh, the MPC software and in the MIDI and tell it, okay, I want to use these four and that's all you can choose. That drives me bonkers. I hate that about the thing. That is one of the things I've always not liked. Like why put that limitation on it when it's in hybrid mode? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, there, there's a limitation in hybrid mode? Yeah. So when you're in hybrid mode, you can have like, for instance, let's just uh, count it up. Let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah. And right. So I got four cents over there and I may have two or so on the desk or a drum machine or something. So I can have like five or six cents connected via USB, maybe yeah. over USB, plug it into the computer. But when you go into um, the MPC software, screen. yeah, when you go into the MPC software and go to MIDI, you can choose, you can select all the devices that it sees, but yeah. you can only choose four devices that it uses. 
uh, oh, okay. sharing the screen. Right. So, yeah, so if you look on here, you only have port A, B, C, D and D. Right. So if I'm doing that, like, let's say on port A, I want to control this delay pedal here. And then I wanted to have my matrix brute here. Uh, I want to have my beat step over here, you know, getting synced up like that. And then deep mine here. And now I'm out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder if if having one of those iConnect MIDI devices it don't that splits that creates this is your this is your current limit right now, and that's one of the things that kind of drove me nuts because I'm like coming from you know coming from the the machine world, it was like yo, I had infinite. And it, well, well, just to make a point, somebody was making. I'm sorry, kid, I don't want to cut you off. Save that thought. Keep that thought. But somebody did make the point in the chat in, in the chat. Uh, four ports, that is wacky. I don't like that. And then they said, but 16 channels per port, right? Yeah, you still get the same yeah, 16 channels per port. That's but not if those if that gear doesn't have MIDI through, and even if it does have MIDI through, then you're dealing with MIDI delays, depending on how many throughs you go through and that sort of thing. Um, you know, that no. Yeah, I mean, so so the, yeah, that limitation is is a thing that I feel like it's a remnant of the yeah, old, of an old way. way. Yeah. Right. And and so those are the kinds of things I think I'm I'm hopeful that as kind of time goes on, because I, I say in the last four or five years, they've come leaps and bounds from where they were then, mm -hmm. where they were just totally an old school kind of train of thought. And now so things like this are some of the remnants of like a 90s way of doing things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That at the point, at that point was like, yo, you could have all these devices connected. That was huge. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that at some point they can kind of grow past that, mature past that. We'll see how it, how it all turns out, though. And like um, I said before, they overspec their machines so that USB can morph. It could open up. Well, and it should, because it's not, mm -hmm. it's not a complicated thing that like, well, I say that, but you know, I don't know what's going on in their code back end, but what I'm saying is, is that like there's other, a lot of other platforms that handle this in a more eloquent way. It's just that, like like we were saying, this is very much um, a reminiscent way from the old days that they need to update and move forward with. It, I feel the same way about like their swing and whatnot. I, I would love to see they could keep swing how it is, but I would love to see a more real time version of the swing that is similar to how machine does it where I can actually apply it in real time and go back and forth. And I know that there's, you know, you can do the printing way and, and do it in pseudo real time, but that's not the same as like, I love the way machine does swing. Like to me, it's very, and I use swing a lot. I know not everybody likes to do that, but I, I do use swing a good bit. I am not a fan. Uh, but I, I, I have gripes with like, software being group stations and not having proper polyrhythms and all that other stuff because i feel like man modern music you're supposed to be able to do all that stuff man you're supposed to be able to like create those kind of vibes and i know there's workarounds but man we just gotta now all that said though i mean i think it's pretty well commonly known that that joint be the center of my whole universe over here. Like I, I even with that limitation, I still love the fact that I could bring all those things together um, yeah. from every piece of my studio, whether it's in the box, in the rack, or on the keyboard stand, and that thing still be the center. But I would like to see it expanded. <clears throat> Yo, 
let, let, let's jump over to, uh, I wanted to talk about reverbs probably a little selfishly, but I think it was Ken's idea anyway. <laughs> but recently, um, uh, Eventide sent me the H9. Now, they said they were sending me the H9, and I didn't, you know, it was kind of like, yo, we're sending you the H9, and then it'd say nothing, anything else, and I didn't know when it was showing up. I actually forgot that it was even showing up, and then I bought the Eventide Space, um, and the Eventide, I mean, not the Eventide Space, but the, then the Strymon Big Sky, and, and between the two, I like the Eventide Space more. Recently, in the last week, I've been using the Big Sky more on the uh, Grandmother, mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, these are some incredible reverbs, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how I got along in the world before. I mean, it adds such a dimension. This is not just, you know, a reverb that you throw on a snare. These these things are musical and adds like a, a layer of texture and dimension. Um, and I'm surprised that how dope the Eventide H9 is with a few knobs and a couple of, uh, you know, just a couple of buttons and stuff. What kind of what kind of reverbs are you guys checking for right now? Checking for um, probably none. Well, you probably no, got the ones you want <laughs> already no, in the lab. I have the ones that I want, but there's one that. Hold on, let me look up the name. Tempers specular. And the, and the big sky yo on this Moog, that's a really dope marriage. Um. Okay, I found I found the pedal that I want, and yeah, this one, uh, it's called the te the Specular Tempest. Specular uh, Tempest. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a reverb delay, and this thing, probably one of the most beautiful reverbs that I've heard ever. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen. It. Did you tell us about this before? Because I feel like I've yeah. seen it before. This thing is man it sounds beautiful um also the empress yeah yeah the empress i would like to check out the the empress uh i've heard a lot of stuff about it honestly so i did this thing on my instagram where i had the uh big sky and the eventide up there and i'm gonna do a comparison video as soon as i can get around to it but i had that on the instagram and i asked the question what people prefer and overwhelmingly people prefer the eventide um, and honestly, I think I prefer the Eventide, even though, like I said, oddly enough, I've been using a Big Sky more in the last week or so. I don't um, trust people. Yeah. So, but here's the thing, though. Even with all of that said, one person uh, mentioned the the uh, Empress and <clears throat> was like, no, the Empress kills everything. All of those kills it all. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, and, taste, and, though. that's taste, though. Yeah, that's all yeah. personal preference. So can, I, I'll tell you, too, the reason I ended up getting the Eventide, um, uh, Eventide Space is because those are the algorithms that are in the Moog 1. And I had been kind of toying around about the Eventide Space for a long time, and I went and played the Moog 1, and I noticed how you turn the effects off, it still sounds good, but it sounds incredible when you turn those Eventide effects on. And, and that kind of, I guess that was almost like, well, I thought I was testing the Moog one, which, you know, that's definitely, you know, we won't talk about that. But while I thought I was testing the Moog one, I was actually getting to know those Eventide uh, effects al algorithms. And that made me go and pull the trigger on it. So. Oh, yeah, you know, you know the. I bet the, you the uh, Jay Electronica is right when he says Big Sky plus Mode One equal magic. I could only imagine. 
Well, Corey, you know the even tie that I want. Yeah, the the fifty thousand dollar joint. Yeah, I want. The, <laughs> I want the H nine thousand. The H nine thousand. It was what? That's uh, what thirty five hundred. I think it is. Uh, Seven. But, but but it's like what eight ins and outs is like okay, having so eight effects panels or something crazy. Look, it's audio I/O includes eight channels of analog audio. 16 channels over USB, eight channels of AES, EVU, ADAT, optical, SPDIF, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's First, the price on that again? Uh, 7,000. Check this okay, out. Checking. Look, 32, look, but here's where the special thing is. 32 channels of bi-directional audio. Mm. So you can send audio to it and back out of it, which is really, really dope when it comes to processing effects because you can kind of create all these crazy chains and it's i think it's 16 8 fully maxed out h9s like uh that's the in in one rack unit yeah yo that thing is wild i saw this richard divine video with it and i'm like yo i need one of those in my life even if i gotta sell one of my legs i'll do it I Yo, I'll replace my legs. Yo, all I gotta put is is put a Nike shoe, a Nike sneaker on the bottom of them H nine thousands. I'm straight. <laughs> I got an effects foot. Yo, I got a question for you. I'm not sure if you guys know. I'm sure the chat probably knows. Um, if you get a, let's say you get like a core H nine, and then you max it out uh, by throwing a bunch of you know ten or fifteen or whatever it is um, algorithms on it, and it maxes out, and you get all their algorithms, and then you buy another core. Can you use? Can you split them and put some of the algorithms on one and I don't know. the other? Or oh, I don't know. That'd be an interesting licensing question. That sounds more like a licensing sort of question because you already you already bought the algorithms and like in most software you can just install it on two devices. I wonder can you register more one more than one device so that you can download that that stuff on more than one device. Well, I I'd imagine there have to be some limits on that because if that's the case, you could see crews of cats getting h9s and then you know go in <laughs> and share the algorithms right that's probably okay, what they will so want to protect against i'm on the website right now i'm looking at the licensing uh structure and um, so basically the h9 is like a dongle mm -hmm. so it's like the h9 is like if it's connected you can put it on there but yeah. it's not like you can yeah so that's interesting Hmm. Okay. I still want I still want Oh, one. so they said if you have an H9 max, you can use up to about six H9 cores. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm that's just what I'm saying here is it, it looks like he was saying um limit is eight or nine. I'm guessing he's saying that you can put uh eight or nine core units and then put the algorithms on that. I don't know. I, I guess yeah, that's what he's saying because he's saying he uses three. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually pretty dope. Well, then I guess I know what my next purchase is. So. <laughs> there you go. Did you guys see the Kilpatrick Audio uh, Redux? Oh yeah, I have seen it. I've noticed that they've been working on those for they they've been working on that for a long time, man. And it's dope. It's coming together. It actually looks good too. Oh, yeah, but no. wait a minute. There's another one. Who else was making another? Modius. Uh, Modius. I know which one you're talking about. The mo. It's, it's like the black and red joint. Well, no, nah, not that. It's it's it looks like a '80s. Uh, oh wait, is it Polyend? Oh no, no, no. You talking about you talking about um the people that make Medusa? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Uh, and that joint, I don't like the paint job, but I know a lot of people. Do. It looks hella '80s though. Yeah. 
Oh, it's it's the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, that thing's dope looking. That's the tape, the tape and the um, or I'm sorry, the spring and the chorus. Dreadbox, Dreadbox. Right, Dreadbox. Yeah, yeah, man. Heathcliff, thanks for that, man. Yeah, that yeah, Dreadbox, man. And it's cool, it's cool, but JHS makes his VCR pedal that kind of does the same thing. Oh, really? Oh, that's, not, that's not the same thing, man. Come on. Uh, Hold Lacks on, I'm gonna... spring reverb. It, that thing's got a real spring reverb in it. Um, oh, it does? I what has a real yeah. spring reverb in it? Yeah. Hold on. I'm pulling it up now. Hold on. Here. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at your number now. Don't you talk to me like that. Hold on. I pulled up some Here. random website that's mad wrong. This is the Dreadbox <laughs> plant. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, too. So it's called a hypnosis time effects processor. Okay, so it has analog spring reverb. How heavy is this joint? I don't know. It's got a gang of stuff in it. So analog spring reverb with three spring tanks. Oh, wow. And a unique pitch modulation circuit, a stereo analog uh, bucket brigade delay, chorus flanger with three LFO waves, stereo digital delay with three uh, delay types and freeze function, variable input output gain controls from mic to Euro rack levels, and memory up to 49 presets. Yo, somebody said it looks hella in Sonic. It does. Yeah, it does. And I love that, man. Like, yeah, it can. I'm not a fan of the look, but I understand oh, I that a lot it. of people are gonna nah, love it you know because I it's, think, it's that think... retro '80s type of I'm look. I'm also that idiot that's got Mike's. Uh, shout out to Mike from Pad Bangers. He sent me that. Uh, I got that synthwave style braids panel on. Yeah, and, no doubt. <laughs> and, and it's an official braids, but I took that the official panel off and put the synthwave panel on because it's. Well, so I was gonna buy one of those. I like that joint. I like. Look, I like this, but it, it looks like a Prophet 2000. It does. It does. I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, there's no MIDI on it. Yo, can I hit you with a couple of uh, a couple of things? Yeah. So I'm gonna say this. Uh, is it is it Bastel that makes the the time? The, 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 the time. Yeah. This the time. The space case two. Yeah. Space three, case is crazy, bro. Yeah, space three case. things are like crazy high on. For my people list. in the chat, do y'all know about the space case? We gotta show them the space case. That out of uh, I That's mean, hold on, I'm gonna try to. Right there, man. Yeah, that thing is fire. I want one, yo. Yeah, that's Let's that's see. gonna happen sooner rather than later. I gotta figure out which part, which body part I need to sell off first. Hey, you can have my other leg and we can split it. Space case costs too much, man. That's gonna dip into the mold one fund. I ain't trying to have that. That's gonna have to wait. <laughs> but it's dope though. Yo, space case two is mega dope looking. Um. And uh, but yeah, between this and the and they're all different as far as like character, you know what I mean? Like Space Case's cassette based audio looping delay, which is real dope. Then you got Time, which like fully embraces how digital it is, you know. And which who is who makes dope. the Space Case? And then you got this, you know, this crazy space uh, synth wave looking thing that's just you know all the different spring reverb in it and all that. I love the fact that they got these really character fill boxes that are desktop boxes that are not set up just for um guitar impedances because for a long while like these types of desktop boxes it was few and far between you might have had um what's that um the auto biscuit you know bam mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff you you have a few things here and there but a lot of this stuff would be in the in the boutique guitar pedal market and now right. we see more of that kind of vibe coming to the synth market and line level input market and i'm digging that 
that's a space case. Yeah, that's fresh. So this is just an image of it, though. Where's the actual thing, though? Because they, they have a, a prototype of it, right? Right there. If you go down the images, you see it. Oh, there it is. That's it? No, nah, next one. Right. Yeah. You better be careful, Google Images. Yeah, man. Space case. Uh, you don't, you don't want to see what pops up. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's crazy though. <laughs> so there's an actual cassette in there. So it's, it's a real tape delay. It's based on a cassette. And what's some of the the specific features of everything? CV over everything. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's different. nuts. And how much is it going for? I think a thousand. It was like a thousand. Like yeah. like Twelve. Yeah, it's somewhere between a thousand and twelve. I think they, I think they dropped it to a thousand. Ain't no space case getting between me and sixteen voices of mode one. Though. I hear you, man. But... <laughs> well, I, I swear to God, like I, I, when when Corey starts talking about the mode one, I just feel like somebody's gonna start screaming, "Oh, Smokey, Smokey, sitting in the alley!" <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I I want a mode one, right? Look, I want one, but I'm waiting patiently. I'm waiting patiently to see what I see at Nam this year. Yeah, yeah, I can I... shut up. Um. <laughs> but what, what are you expecting to see at Nam this year, though? You never know. In terms of effects? No, in, in terms of synths. Yeah, well, but but yeah. Who's got it? <laughs> let's let's see what we can do. <laughs> okay, like I'll give I'll give you a perfect example of something that I'm that came out last year for Nam, and I'm looking forward to to having one soon. Is that Radical Technologies? Uh, what do you call it? What's the name of that joint? Delta Sep A. Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah. If, hey, George, if you're watching now, you know I've been bugging you. So get on the horn. Yeah, that Delta Delta Sep A, man, blew me away. I was like, this is fire, especially like automating like the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yo, that, that was the only product at NAM last year that I literally was like grabbing people like, you oh yeah, Ken grabbed us. There was like ten of us marching behind Ken. Like he's like, "Come over here and look at this." <laughs> we were all Dude, mad impressed what we got over there too. It, so much drool was on the floor right there. They had, <laughs> it had to put a floor is slippery sign. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, I want one so bad. Like that's I want. I definitely want one of those. Um, but yeah, I I have a feeling like we're gonna see some stuff that's really gonna surprise us, man. Like. Oh, I didn't know that was coming out, or I didn't know that was even in the works. So that's kind of why I'm just like, yeah, Moog One is cool for what it is. Also, it's a beautiful instrument. Like, I want one. You stop saying stuff like Moog One is cool for what it is. You just cut that out. Corey, listen, I'm saying that because I'm trying to downplay my wallet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I got you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish this. <laughs> but we can talk about things that 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 are already exposed without breaking any NDA. Oh yeah, yeah, we, we can. About the uh, let's talk about that Korg uh, Mini Log XD. You see that? Yeah, I did see that. So, oh uh, yeah, so 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 what's the special line. thing about that, Ken? Maybe. Is that it has those those uh, oscillators for the wavetables, like the yeah. The, yeah. 
So, so I saw a lot of hate kind of generated by that, which I was surprised by. Why? Which I, I, I don't know, man. A lot of people are still stuck on the fact that it's got those slim keys, and then, um, you know, that. But to me, uh, I might be one of the crazy ones. I actually really enjoyed the mini log for what it was. Thin filter, I did too. Like, and I freely admit, it's one of the thinnest filters out there. When, when you, but it had that sound. It was, it was, it gave it a character. But that, but that thing is like a pad monster. Like it sounds great for those old school analog style pads. It's kind of clean, yeah, sure. But man, it's I dig that thing. And adding in a wavetable oscillator, but yeah, I'm a, a, not just a wavetable oscillator, but an open source oscillator that people are actively developing for. Mm-hmm. Uh, my homie over at Sine Vibes just released an oscillator for it. And, yeah, that uh, looks dope. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like. To me, that's it's all good. And if they put the filter from the monologue in it, which is you know basically beefs up the low end and whatnot, like dude, I see. You know, I think we, it. I think we got this 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 culture of things and and you know and beat making and gear and and synths and stuff where we want everything to be everything. It's the everything syndrome. Like it's okay for the mini log to be the mini log and for it to have its character, for it to have that so called thin. Uh, filter for it to have those keys that that is what makes it what it is it, it doesn't need to be everything else you know everything. what i'm saying like and and it's honestly i can honestly say has that much bass it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna ruin your mix anyway so like, it is it's poly right so out anyway bro i mean out of a lot I've, I've played a lot of sense i've owned a lot of sense and i've lusted for a lot of sense and that out of everything that i've had is one of the favorite that i've had like i played the crap out of that joint like it, it's it's a really dope synth, bar none. Look, the mini log sounds great, man. It like, does. Like we we've used that thing a lot. Yes. And my only gripe is polyphony. That's my only gripe. I wish it had more. Cause man, I wish it had more polo ponies too. I Bro, just wish it had five instead of four. Five I, would be perfect for me. Like I will know. go six because that's the magic number. Well, for me, it's like when you're, playing, when you're playing a lot of jazz chords, you kind yeah. of you know. It, can't you know you. i just i i feel i don't know five, six yeah sure but like five to me like four is like just slightly too low <clears throat> but you could still do some really cool stuff with four so and at the price point that they, they were hitting with that thing it's still just like i still think that thing's a cool a cool buy you know? yeah so so let's go back though to the xd though they've redone the korg mini log as and added some things to it and call it the xd can tell us what the XD brings to it. Like, what so from, what what is it about that oscillator that they yeah, added? From what I've seen, it's it's the um that digital oscillator from the prologue, right? Uh, I haven't seen anything else about like the the sequencer being any different or anything like that. I assume that that stuff is hopefully all the same. Which I think it was a huge mistake that they got rid of a lot of that sequencing stuff from the mini log on the prologue. Like they mm-hmm. removed all. That stuff was great on the mini log. Like I loved how you could just simply press buttons and change the, the voicing up like that. It was dope. But um, yeah, I mean, it just looks cool to me, man. I, I just I see that thing and I'm like, okay, I think the I think the mod wheel is different. Right? What's that? Isn't the mod wheel different? Mm. Wait, I think it is. Hold on, let me look at the mini log. I'm trying to remember. I I can't say off top. This one's this one's a, this one's a joystick. 
That's how the mini log was. Was it? I don't know because I never. That was it. actually the cheapest. No, nah, it was. That's a joystick. The mini log was a. Uh, it, it was. It was a, it was a toggle looking. Yeah, thing. it was like back and forth. Yeah, that was, this oh, looks like a joystick where you go around, and yeah. which may be indicative to that that wavetable oscillator that's in there. You may be able to kind of scan through the wavetable with the joystick. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me show this on the screen. Yeah, so this one's a joystick, and hold on, let me look at the other thing. Uh, joystick and yeah, the mini log was was just it was just like a toggle type, um, spring loaded thing. That felt also, right. the this is the joystick, but that goes right back to that digital oscillator where you can mm -hmm. kind of vector synthesize type stuff. Yes, that that's huge, man. Like, yeah. what was the last synth that had a joystick? Wasn't that back with PB PPG Wave or something like that? No, the Wave Station had it. The Wave Station, okay. Yeah, Wave Station had them, and and I'm sure that there's been since since then. But uh, yo, yeah. speaking of speaking right. of that, yo, I almost bought a used of uh, Waldorf Wave something or another, the yellow rack joint. Right, and just, if right. I wasn't afraid of the the well, I can't say afraid. If I wasn't like turned off by the idea of you know hassles programming it, I would have it right now because it was mad still. Now, what I don't know is whether or not um, the uh, the other oscillators in there are the same, like if it still has the uh, the analogs in there, uh, which I think it does, or if it's just the digital oscillator. I really don't know. But uh, the digital oscillator, I I think it could be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. To me, it look it's it's high up on my list of like smaller things that i'm interested in you know and what, what was mean? the things there was uh, the there bank. was some other core the the um there was some other core joints too right core oh, the vocals. Vocals. yeah oh yeah the vocal modular and the vocal uh drum yeah so the Vo that seems what is the vocal i'm okay i'm bringing that up too let me let me bring that up in here. so the vocal mod the the vocal modular um and from every report that i've heard from from friends in the industry, they all say that it's real. Um, so it has little patch points on there uh, for like circuit board jumper cables, which is pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was interesting that it uses the term woggle on there, which is from Grant Richter. Um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then that Volca drum, just it, it's also cool that the modular is kind of like styled after a little bit of like a um, Buchla easel. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool but mm -hmm. um i don't know man these things i still have my volca beats like i love that stuff like i think it's just fun to have so that that kind of goes back to the stuff i was talking about too ken with with the npc software like i think you know people like may may look at any one of us and be like yo them dudes got mad sense all over the place and so no that's not going to be the typical use case to have all those midi devices but when you flip that coin and you look at all these smaller midi devices and all the stuff that's out there that people have their desks filled up with that's why you need that kind of capability in, in the modern sort of sequencing tool yeah definitely definitely and yeah, this thing I, looks dope though i'm interested in this vocal drum man because you know how i feel about anything that generates drum sounds i'm all right. about it mm -hmm. like, count me in the design of it looks interesting too i mean it just looks it looks interesting to me i oh I'm yeah 
<laughs> my man said, let these manufacturers know at NAM that they need to bring back uh rack mount hardware sense. Which I don't, I don't know about that. I think they've traded rack mount for tabletop. Yeah. Right. And my thing is this. Look, so if you do that, you remember when Akai had, what was it, the S5000 and you could pull the panel off? Mm -hmm. If you're going to put things in a, a synth in a rack, you're going to have to do something like that because I don't like having to fiddle on a rack like that. Like, nah, man, I like knobs for my synths. So it's just not for me like that. Yeah, I, th I think I think the the paradigm of uh, oh let me take that off. I think the paradigm of tabletop sense is basically that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's their way that they could kit put that stuff in there. Uh, also, rack mount synthesizers is zero rack. So why just get into that? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the new rack for you know. But how big is the neutron? Is the neutron 19 inches? Uh. You can get rack ears for it. I don't remember exactly what it is, but uh, you can get rack ears for it. Okay. Word. But yeah, I mean, dope. but again, I, I think he's more referring to something that's going to be like polyphonic and all yeah, that. like like the Phantom rack module. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they haven't really like even if you look at like the uh, the Mod X and that kind of stuff, that's not in rack form anymore. You know, the last one to come out was the Integra. Yeah, yeah. But even that wasn't full size rack, right? The, Yamaha has not done the motif style in, in a rack form, right? Not yeah. not the or not the motif, but I'm sorry, the uh, montage. montage. Yeah, no, they haven't. Yeah, and 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 you know what? I don't think they need to, man. I think there's because the the cool thing about Korg, man, Korg is real smart. They're like, hey, man, we're gonna take all of our old synths and make them iPad apps and throw it in. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was pretty so you brilliant. can have you can have our whole collection of old synths in, in an app, and they sound good. Yeah, they're really good. I like them a lot. They're actually some of my favorite um, iPad apps. Whenever somebody gets an iPad and they're like, hey, what what should I get? Like, that's Korg is like one of the first ones. I'm like, go to the Korg developer, just get all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, so what do you what do you all think? Remember when remember when uh, I don't I, I don't think it was only a kind. It may have been Korg as well when they were making keyboard devices, controllers for iPads. Um, um suckiest time of all history yeah that was kind of weird time but you know i did like the convenience of that idea it made sense I mean, where you can have sense. it problem, be a thing of its own the problem wasn't the product the problem was apple execution from one type of pin format to another and right. then basically you know it was and, bad and time i also talked to manufacturers during that time and, and they were having issues with you know what they had to deal with dealing with apple for it so yeah. it was like you know that's kind of Apple's fault more than anything, but because I still like the idea of having, you know, an iPad, you just slot it that, in. There. That's why I brought it up because honestly, I have to say the one thing I love a lot of the iOS synth apps, but the one thing I don't like is having the, you know, oh, I got to get this, this thing, and then I got to get that thing, yep. and I have to connect it all up and then run it through well, and stand. You know what I mean? Here it comes talking about the iConnect MIDI. Here we go. So I have, uh, <laughs> so I have the iConnect Four Plus, right? And Let me see I, it. Here, well, right now my. Oh, it's all connected. You don't have to pull oh, it apart. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it. All right. So it's this joint over here. So it's okay. four, four pre's, six outs. It can connect to your iPad and to your computer at the same time, so you can have two inputs into one interface, right? Which is dope. So what what it also gives you the capability of is processing any of your 
DAW material through your iPad effects. So basically, I can be in Ableton and create a send that's going to send it through Audio Damages plugin in my iPad and then back out of this right back into Ableton. Hey, what sort of um, latency are you dealing with doing that? Uh, Bad? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because I, I, I'm always running at like a super low buffer whenever yeah. I'm doing stuff like that. So it's not really that bad. Sometimes I get some phasing, but what's cool about Ableton is that whenever you instantiate a plugin on the bottom of the screen, it tells you the number of milliseconds that it's off, and you can just go into the track delay and type that number in, and it locks it in place. So the functionality of that is really dope, but you know, I would love to be able to see something that's not necessarily form factor specific for the iOS device, where you can have whatever model of iOS device, but I would love to see something with that and a keyboard where you can at least put that joint on an easel on the back of it and kind of leave it on your desk as its own thing. Because then, you know, another thing that happens is people end up with old iPads that they're not using for whatever their other purposes are. Well, the mod end up being like your a, a real like sort of synth sound workstation thing that so sits Corey, in uh, your rig. I know the Mod X and the montage work really well with the um with the iPads, like streaming audio and everything. Because uh St. Joe did a video mm -hmm. of showing how to open up Cubasis and all the tracks from from the Mod X show up as separate tracks in in the ipad and midi and all the other stuff so that's really dope like the fact that they're thinking about giving it features like that is super dope especially for it to be something as huge as the mod x and the montage those things are like heavy duty machinery yeah. <laughs> like and to have that kind of connectivity is dope it's a shame that like if you have an older ipad you can't go really anywhere legit to get older um, iPad music apps that will work on it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that stuff is no longer on the app store. It, it's That's true. And it's, man, this is like all part of like Apple's broken philosophy right now. Like they don't like, they're supposed to be like conscientious about the environment, this, that, and the third, but like they're turning a lot of these old iPads into just landfill, you know, yeah, because if you, I wouldn't say that. They are. You can't take an iPad one. You can't really do much with them. Get the old apps that would work on it anymore. You can't do that. Um, yeah, unless you never update it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like there's a ton of them that were never in. Like people bought just because you know it was a consumer device. I got you. You can't go get one of those and then log on to some site somewhere and get version one of like this Korg app that would work on it. You know, it. You can't do that anymore. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ken, um, I want to mention what we what we, we were talking about processing audio at some point. You were talking, you mentioned um uh what was it, the Nev joint versus the Elysia joint for for like coloration and, and adding texture to stuff. Which one was the Nev? There's like a tape saturation joint. Yeah, that's the um 542? 542. 542, I think is the EQ. Hold on. Let me, let me. So that is tape emulator, and that's with the silk with the silk feature on it. Um, oh, we're talking about the. Ne oh, okay. I'm sorry. The Neve. The, he says mm -hmm. Nev, and I say Neve. So yeah. So the Neve 542 is their tape emulator, which is which is it's cool. Um, it's cool, and the reason why I say that is because to me it's subtle. 
Um, my, yeah. fir my first experience of it was when I used the Neve Portico channel strip and it has silk on the tail end of, of that channel strip. And it sounded good, but it sounded good after stages of EQ and compression. Hmm. So it created a different character after that. Um, so I would go with color boxes. Um, I would go with buying some old ass like RCA preamp that has like, you know, all this character and fuzz and character. Yeah, you know, Thermionic makes the culture vulture, um, which yeah. is really dope. And uh, um, uh, uh, Universal Audio has a, a, a software version of the culture vulture too. Yeah, it's, it's really dope. It's really, really dope. Um, they actually make a couple of devices that are really dope. Um, hold on, I'm going on their website. They make this 12 channel summing mister mixer called the, the Fat Bustard. <laughs> it's really dope. Uh, they also make the the Culture Vulture Super 15, which is a dual channel valve distortion. That joint is crazy. Uh, they make the early bird four channel mic pre, but all of these. Now, all those are 500 series, right? Uh, no, these are rack joints. Okay, okay. Yeah, but what's cool about these is that they all have that thermionic like character to them. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you when I when I uh, used the Nev or Neve joint that's supposed to be like tape saturation sort of simulator, it was very subtle, and and I was very disappointed. And I had spent a lot of money, and I returned it right away. <laughs> and, and so it, it didn't give me I was actually looking for more aggressive sort of coloring and it doesn't do that and now honestly it was the first iteration of it so it didn't even have the silk button on it um, and I remember doing some AMB versus software versus that thing and then um, the real tape drive that I had ultimately I knew I was returning that joint and I haven't really returned to that since then um, but what I'd like to do, see, I, I don't want to get into 500 series processing because I want to get into uh, the Portico. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, but I, what I'd like to do is have, what's it called? The, the color, not the color box, but. Color palette. Color palette. In the rack. Well, color palette Euro rack. Has, yeah, they've got their, they have a few different tape saturations. because yeah. Yeah, I have the I have the 15 ips ones. Yeah, they've got the 15 ips. They've got the cassette, and I think they have another one also. Um, that's primarily based on the tape compression. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have the Eurorack module anymore. That's that's out of print. Yeah, that sucks. You can still get them used, but no, they, no, um, can I don't think they make them anymore. No, the the DIY recording Eurorack module uh is is done. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh man, I'm so happy I got my joints. It's <laughs> <laughs> like sucks to be you guys. <laughs> you are oh, no, Ken. They got the MK2s here. No, MK2. They had the 500 series. They do not have the Eurorack modules anymore. Oh. Wait, you talking about that joint that Willie had? Yeah, yeah the exactly. color palette Eurorack module. They no longer make that. Oh, I saw, I saw it on perfect. And, like it's getting me angry talking about it. So, 
<laughs> I'm I'm really kind of like irritated because I actually like I was on the fence for for all kinds of long, but I was really on the fence of hey you should probably buy this, not hey you shouldn't buy this. And now I'm like, well now I just hate my life. But I'm worth something. Well, worth it's, it's also it was a VCA, right? Yeah, I think it did have VCA in it. It had CV control over each control. Yeah. Here it uh, is. VCA yeah, 1, it. 2, and 3. And then you have CV control over all of those. Mm -hmm. What it looks like. But wait, you have VCA 1, 2, and 3. It has controller A through D. The VCA would be like on the 500 series, you have the saturation knob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that. If yeah, this you're was turning this was the good. volume up with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I remember, I remember <clears throat> Willie had that joint. Yeah, I could have bought it from from him for real cheap, and I slept. It's all good. No, it ain't good. Ain't nobody judging you. I am. You just gotta get that, <laughs> gotta get that five hundred series. Nah, bro. I'm, I don't. I, you know what? I went down such a rabbit hole with your rack. I can't imagine going down the five hundred series thing because I feel like that'll be another thing. Well, the I thing about about when you see a module that's in both forms, Euro rack and five hundred series like that. It, there's this weird trade-off where you're like, okay, do I want more control with the Eurorack module or do I want the cleaner signal path with the 500 series? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because so the 500 series has a lower noise floor? Uh, in, 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 I would say in 9 out of 10 cases, yeah. But that also depends on the case that you have it in. It in depends the on a lot of different factors, but yeah. realistically, the spec of 500 series is a quieter spec. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Spec. Yeah, no. No. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, look, man, what else y'all want to get into? We, we've we been on, what is it, about an hour and a half right more, now? There's still a couple more. Um, Like, what are you guys looking forward to at NAMM? Because I, I talked about me. Like, I, You know, I'm always looking forward to, like, I've, I've been, I've given up the idea that there's going to be some new amazing drum machine or new uh, 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 rolling 8800 joint. You know what I'm saying? But I always look forward to what the new synths are because I feel like there's always surprises that nobody expected when it comes to the synths. And I think I think Electron has been kind of quiet and you always can count on them to do something. They've, they've yeah, run... They sent, out, they sent out an invitation the other day, an email, like, come check mm -hmm. us out at NAMM. We'll be there. Trust us. Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine that there's going to be something going on there. Uh, because, you know, they tend to to drop things at NAMM in a way that, you know, people don't expect. Like every year, they're like, aha, uh -huh. <laughs> you know. And I think that they've run the gamut of their MK2s at this point. So it's it's new stuff time. My thing is, is about NAMM, the stuff that I always like looking at is the unexpected things of like, you'll get some random kid who will show up and like be blowing people's minds away with something or you'll get you know you'll go into the basement and you'll find some weird quirky device that like mm -hmm, you know, nobody's true. even covering and you're just like oh man nobody even knows about this you know and you know there's there's a lot of stuff like that that kid that uh got his he was doing the oberheim thing uh waldorf bought it um yeah wow. yeah, yeah yeah it was it was yeah 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 so uh, there was a oh yeah you're thinking of something else yeah I was thinking okay. about the, uh, the FPGA synth but um yeah the there there was that other kid that did the Oberheim recreation and he ended up getting picked up by a company as well just like so, little stuff like that I find is really fun and then I also really like um 
aside from the whole interaction of like people you know, this, that, and the third. It's it's always interesting to go there and see some of the classes that are going on and, and listen to some of the talks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's usually some really good discussions that go on there. That's true. I, I went you, last time I was there, I saw I went to a course where Stephen Slate was talking, Chris Lord Algae, and I think Suzanne Rogers. And it was it was a pretty interesting talk, man. It was just on mixing and just how to approach it. In, in like yeah, we were talking earlier about Teddy Riley, and that's that's where I met Teddy Riley. Yeah, and I was, Teddy was dope. <laughs> and my horrible memory, my horrible memory of like not. <laughs> that's just you me. know, you know something that I noticed that's been a trend over the last couple of years that seems like people don't really talk about is you think about the companies that are huge that have huge customer base like Ni and Ableton. They don't they don't showcase at Nam. And then last year you had Moog pull out of Nam, and then this year I hear a lot of Eurorack companies are not going to be at Nam. So Moog yeah. last year they didn't show at Nam; they just had. And the year before that, they barely had anything to show. They just they had wasn't that the garden, the electronic garden that they had? So yeah. they yeah. built the Mother Thirty Two two years in a row, and they just kind of did a mother a garden where you could demo the stuff. And then the, that last year they just they brought a bunch show. of pillows, and everybody had to sit on the floor. And yeah, well, that, that was it that's was another like, thing, yo. Like if you think you're Dope enough to make me sit on the floor. We're gonna have problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, nah, yo, like you're not dictating how I mess with the synth. Like, yo, I'm not sitting <laughs> on the floor, yo. And on top of that, like they really weren't having engineers like available to like really like they were there, the product and do but the they product, weren't yeah. really there to like you know discuss what was going on, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, yo, if I go there, like when I go and I I see um like Waldorf, I can walk up to, you know, Schmidt and be like, hey, you know, and, and get like direct yeah. info right from the source. And, you know, there's no middleman. And yeah, that kind of stuff irritates me. Like, wow. It's it's an industry show. It's not it's not really a public show. But I think a mm -hmm. lot of the problem is that more of the public aspect of it has been coming out. And Nam charges a pretty penny for a lot of that stuff. And people get fed up and. So you're seeing like Synthplex and Burbank is coming. That's mm -hmm. going to be, I think that's actually going to be a pretty big event. I think so too. I think that will probably grow into what is Superbooth now in, uh, where is that? Germany, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So there's Superbooth, which is right after NAM, which a lot of the Eurorack companies are going over to Superbooth and mm -hmm. that's their focus, you know? So they're holding on to their, you know, their unveilings until Superbooth instead. So somebody just mentioned MIDI 2.0 in the in the chat. That's kind of like that. That's like that unicorn that keeps getting killed and then brought back to life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I think it's just. It's, I'm always interested in that because I'm like, man, that'll just it'll be dope. That things we all want to see it implemented, but yeah. Nobody seems to really be making things happen like but thing things are happening behind the scenes like they're happening supposedly but like even the, those folks that are involved with the companies like i me personally i'm involved with a bunch of different companies i can honestly tell you i haven't seen it happening with anybody yet yeah and what's crazy is that um the fact that midi just got the new standard as far as connection wise yeah now, like that's, that's the, the first step New standard as far as connection-wise. Just for the mini connector? 
Yeah, for like the MIDI connector, they're, they're saying that that's going to be a standard connector for it now. Yeah, that's for mini though. Like that's for mini, for yeah. But that's but how? But we see that being implemented in so many things now. It wasn't yeah. like that before. Which remind me, I got to talk to you about that. Uh, we got we, we got to do a. Oh yeah, after you don't you won't need to do a modification. But I got to tell you about something about that. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, just remind me after the show. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered everything, right, Corey? Yep, I think so, man. And then we, we still got stuff that we could talk about later, but not for this show. For the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um what's next week date? What is I'm I'm trying to look, I'm trying to wait, see. Next week is the tool is the 13th. Wait, the 12th. Hey, I'll tell I'm gonna put this out here. If anybody's on the east coast in like the Philly area and uh has really good work woodworking skills and Electrical skill. I'm building my new studio like starting now. <laughs> wow, can't so get that labor. So get that labor. So so let me let me put this out there though. Uh the 19th, that's the Saturday, not next Saturday, but the following Saturday. That's the the Saturday before NAM starts. Yeah. So we're gonna do a show on that Saturday and let's have a good conversation. Oh, yeah, we already know what we're talking about. That's we already know what we talk about. We're gonna talk about some good stuff on that. So be sure to come back around that time. And then yeah, uh somebody over there in in, in uh Delaware, please help Ken put put his studio back <laughs> oh, together. Um rescue for only Ken. 60 cents a day, you can help Ken <laughs> <laughs> for the price of a cup of coffee per day. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead over here. Yo. <laughs> yo, why does it make you feel guilty? Like they got a dog with like flies all on his face and That's stuff. Right. Like, that's hey, right. you know what they do too when they when when you sponsor the kids or the dogs, everything's all good as long as you sponsor them. But I had a homeboy at work at a job I had a while ago. He said his mom sponsored one of those kids, and then when she, you know, for two years or whatever, then when she stopped sending Monday, they started sending her sad pictures of the kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm gonna start doing. That's what I'm doing with my uh. That's what I'm doing with my product art from now on. Like when there you see go. it. I'm gonna start playing Sarah McLaughlin behind it and like, you know, help help support Flux and family as they're going through this trial some time of trying to rebuild a studio. <laughs> yeah, first world problems. Hey guys, Ken Ken got this new product he put out. Um, two. Oh, two of them. Yeah, I did two products. Two two new products. Here's, here's one of them you can get on both. Uh, fluxwithit.com and beatpeople.com. You should definitely check those out. Yeah, you gotta put you gotta put uh, the other one up there. What's too. the other one? Tell uh, me what the other one is. It'll be up there. <clears throat> so synth cave is is the one that I was just sharing. Yeah. So oh, basically, okay. this yeah. back to the topic that we were talking about as far as um using the auto sampler on the NPC, right? Oh. So um this does not use the auto sampler on the NPC, but it it is key group multi sampled instruments of many uh analog and hybrid and modular and non-modular synthesizers and layering them and making them dope for your ears you know yeah. Uh, so yeah the the synth cave is 30 key groups of various different styles from bass to atmospheres to uh and you basically giving them away for like 2.99 right what's that you basically giving this away for like a dollar 99 
<laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to shop.fluxwithit.com and you'll see it. Uh, or go to beatpeople.com and check it out there too. Um, but yeah, so Synth Cave is 30 of them and it's of various different things. Atmospheres is all pads. It's all like analog and 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 funky pads uh, that I created. And yeah, you can see it on the site there. So I put the NPC expansion separate up at the top of the page just so it's easier to find. But yeah, 14, 14.95 for stuff that took me way longer than that to produce. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ken's doing a fire sale over here. Well, yeah, I'm putting them up, I'm putting both of them up there for real cheap just because basically this stuff helps finance the website. So that's kind of the whole he just turned into the crazy Eddie of since crazy yeah, Eddie. Buy <laughs> now, 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 now. What's funny uh, is, uh, yeah, my prices are insane. So what's funny is, uh, that's that's a dope Philly reference. So I thank you for that. And uh, I actually have an original crazy Eddie shirt. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. And oh. I want to also say too, I finally dropped this Modulex Mod Bap sample pack. Finally. Finally, it's been sitting around for damn near a year. That's just ridiculous, yo. My life has been a mess. Listen, so yeah, make sure you go up to uh, uh, fluxwithit.com one so you can cop those two new kits that he got, uh, Synth Cave Volume One and Atmospheres. And also, you'll be able to find those on beatpeople.com, where you can also find Modulax. Now, Modulax is a sample pack. It's, you know, done from Eurorack and all these drums. It's just a lot of drum kits on there, but then there's a lot of samples that range. You know, actually, you can see that, that image right there. I can't expand it, but that's it as it lives on the MPC as an expansion. So you got all those uh, kits right there that are already kind of... Uh, kitted out for the MPC and it has a bunch of loops and one shots, vocal effects, uh, lasers, analog bass, drums, synths, pads, etc. blah, 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 blah. And I also made that for the legacy format. So you can use it on the MPC 1000, 2500 and the 5000. Um, really dope kit, man. You need to go check those out. Sorry, we just dropped uh, Lo-Fi Melodics 14. Lo-Fi Melodics. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, the email today, too. Yeah, yeah, we just dropped yeah, four, I can't believe y'all have 14. Those That is gone. <laughs> like, y'all really going in. Brother, the squad don't sleep. That's what I know. Yeah, the squad. Oh, let me get to the to the to the website because I want to bring will that, say, like, that image up too. In my in my short period of time working with MSX, it's really cool to see the the work ethic because it's like, man, I look around and like I see a lot of people that like they they work, but they don't work. And MSX be working. <laughs> yeah, you could you know that the the work is is real. I mean, because these things be coming out at breakneck speed, yo. <laughs> Bro, because I ain't got no kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm working with a crew of dudes and I'm just like, yo, we just, you know, we just work. We just love to work. And and I think we just love the products that we make. We love to use them and we just kind of just, man, we just love motivating people with content, man. So it's good. And now Ken's putting them joints out. Man. That's what's I'm up. looking forward to, uh, to working on the next pack with y'all. Yeah, so. it's going to be super dope. It's going to be fun. Oh, Here somebody keeps saying. Somebody keeps saying. Oh, don't even bring it up. You can't even bring it up. Yeah, he keeps don't saying. Even it. I don't know Come on, is. guys. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't hear you. Oh, no, I don't know what you're saying. I don't I'm know. Conspicuously reading my smartphone at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what you say. 
we ain't even gonna give it attention, man. Like, don't say it. Don't say oh, it. We got, we got black helicopters in the air, people jumping out of airplanes. Oh, <laughs> the black ops. <laughs> oh man. Word. But yo, we're gonna we're gonna call it one right there. I appreciate everybody jumping on, uh, <laughs> spending this time with us, and we're gonna return on the 19th. Well, we'll be able to talk about a lot of cool stuff and uh, show some really cool stuff. So, you know, and that'll be just before now. So I'm sure there's going to be more leaks and that's going to be the hardest show for Ken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, I have feelings, right? I'm worth something. I know you are because <laughs> like we said in the beginning, you are you is kind, you is smart, you is impotent. It is important. <laughs> Word. All right, y'all. Beat People Podcast, episode 42, signing off. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Peace.